Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for Focus. This is a closer look at people, places, and things right here in our own backyard. Today, we have the honor of having J.T. Olson, the founder of Both Hands Foundation. Welcome, first of all. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Anna. It's nice to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. So let's kind of start at the basics, if you don't mind. If uh, people know about Both Hands, they're in love with you guys. But if they don't, <laughs> let's tell them how it became to be. Well, it's funny. Whenever I tell people that, you know, they say, what do you do? I say, well, I help families raise money for adoptions, and we do it by working on a widow's house. They always look at me real politely, but you can tell there's this little glaze in their eye like they're thinking, oh, that's real nice. But you can tell they have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I found really the best way to explain both hands is to explain how it happened. Okay. I was on the board of a local charity here, uh, Bethany. Uh, They work with birth moms and things like that And back at the turn of the century. And one year I was in charge of the fundraiser, and I chose to do a golf fundraiser. And it was the kind of fundraiser where you send letters out to people and say, would you sponsor me while I golf? Okay, Kind of like a 5K race or a jump rope thing, whatever. I send my letters out like I'm supposed to, and I had a buddy who I was in a Bible study with. He sends my letter back to me, does not include a check. He just scribbled on my letter with a magic marker, he said, JT, if you told me you were working on a widow's house, I might sponsor you. Oh. But you're just golfing. Nice cause, but not my money. Whoa. <laughs> and, and it, you know, it hurt my feelings a little bit, but at the same time, I thought, man, that's a good idea. And I called him a couple days later, and we talked about it and laughed, and he still didn't give me any money. <laughs> but, 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 but the idea never left me. Whenever I saw 5K or a golf tournament after that, and I kept asking myself, if all those people were working on a widow's house, would it be better? Would it be better for the community? Would it just, I don't know, would it be better? Yeah. I just didn't have the orphan part figured out. Yeah. So a couple years later, I'm in church running to a good friend of mine, just hadn't seen him in a couple months. I said, hey, what's up, Don? And he looked at me and he said, I'm adopting four kids from Moldova. Now, Don already has three children at home. And, wow. and I said, what happened? <laughs> he said, well, we went on a mission with Sweet Sleep, delivering beds to orphanages in Moldova, fell in love with this little boy, George, you know, started the adoption process when we got back and found out George has three siblings. Oh, wow. And Don looked at me and said, we're not going to break up the siblings. Yeah. And that took me back to when I was 12 years old, living on a farm in northeastern Iowa, one weekend, I know, I remember my mom and dad left to celebrate their 16th wedding anniversary. And us five kids were farmed out to different places. And I remember Saturday night being brought home by one of the neighbors because mom and dad were coming home Saturday night. He dropped me and one of my brothers off. I was dirty. I'd played in the barn all day, so I had to go to, in the basement to ch- change, and he went in the front door. But I remember sitting on this chair in our basement, bending over, unlacing my boots, and my brother came down the stairs I looked up at him and I said, are mom and dad home? And he looked at me and he said, mom and dad are dead. Oh. And and I said, "Uh, what? And he said, mom and dad are dead. They were killed in a car accident an hour ago. And he turned around and walked upstairs. And he had just heard himself as he walked through the house and he came down to tell me. But I remember that moment. I remember hitting that cold cement floor and crying like any 12-year-old would cry, thinking about mom and dad and just trying to grasp my new reality and, and yeah. thinking about, you know, who's going to take care of us, what's going to happen to us, the kind of questions a 12-year-old would ask and, and uh, just coming to 
the fact that I'm never going to see mom and dad again this side of heaven. And, yeah. and so I know what it's like to be an orphan. I know what it's like to hear those words. I know what it's like to feel that pain. But I also know what it's like to be rescued. Because three months before the accident, my mom and dad and my aunt and uncle, my mom's sister and her husband, they changed their wills that if anything would happen to one of them, the other family would take the kids. Wow. Now, my aunt and uncle lived in a really nice suburb of Milwaukee. Uh, They had three children of their own. Get this. They were 33 years old. They had a two-year-old, a third grader, and a fifth grader. They took all five of us. Wow. They took in a three-year-old, a five-year-old. 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 15-year-old. I know what it's like to have someone come up and say, we got you. It may not always be pretty, but we got you. Yeah. At great personal cost and sacrifice, we got you. And so back to the hallway in church, when Don's telling me he's not going to break up the siblings, I'm the just right guy to say that to. Because I'm not going to sit there and say, are you sure? I'm sitting there cheering them on. Yeah. And honestly, the the thought that went through my mind was, here's a man who's trusting God in a way that I envy. I want to have that kind of faith. <laughs> you know. Yes. And, and by then we had adopted, our fifth child is adopted. And uh, so I knew it was going to be expensive. I asked Don, I said, how much is this going to cost? And he said, well, they're telling us seventy or 80000 I said, any idea how you're going to raise that money? And he said, no. And I said, I think I got an idea. So Don and I recruited about 14, 15 friends. Uh, we found a widow in Franklin who needed some help. We got all the supplies for the day donated by local merchants because everyone loved the idea. Yeah. I mean, whenever we ask somebody, they say, yeah, dude, what do you need? Yes. You know, and, and Don and I and all our friends, we sent letters out to everyone we knew saying just what my friend suggested. Would you sponsor me for the day while I work on this widow's house? All the money I raise is going to go towards the cost of the adoption of these four kids from Moldova. And, <laughs> and the day of the project, I'll never forget it. It was March of 2007. It was a beautiful day. About 30, 35 people showed up because word kind of spread. And we just blessed that widow. She was, Miss Lucille was so excited. I mean, she was beside herself. And, and um, we even had a friend of mine, he offered to bring a limo. We got a gift certificate from Amerigo's and from a finger, uh, toenail, fingernail place, you know, <laughs> with, yeah. uh, pedic- a sal- nail salon. There, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, you're such a man. A fingernail we, got, we, we, got, we got, we got all that donated and, and the limo pulled up about 11 o'clock in the morning, picked her and her daughter up. And I remember we even have a video of her getting in that limo and she's just going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and, and it was the most beautiful thing. She was gone for about three hours. She came back and her, you know, her life, her house had been transformed and it was awesome. It was just an, and everyone went around smiling. I just, the, the, there's this thing inside we're all built with the a, a section of our heart that's meant to serve and when we fill that up there's just joy comes out yeah and and, and everyone was just walking around smiling it was an awesome day and um and after that we talked about it word got around another friend of mine about six months later came up to me and said hey i heard what you did with don would you help me and i said sure let's try it again and he was adopting a boy from um honduras and they need to raise about thirteen thousand. And and we served a widow in Franklin, Miss Diane, um, she just lost her husband seven months earlier in a car accident. She had a fourth grader and an mm. eighth grader. Oh. I mean, it was just, she needed loving. And, and, and oh man, we, we, we got a new roof. We got a, someone I knew donated a roof. They donated a roof when they heard about what we were doing. And we got the rest of the supplies donated. And I remember that day standing on top of the roof 
and counting everybody, I think there was 54 volunteers that day. We had transformed the front of our yard. We transformed the back of our yard. And, and, um, and we put a new roof on. Wow. And, and then I counted the cars in the street. And, and, and there was, I counted 19 cars. And I thought, what a testament to the neighborhood that this is how you take care of a widow. Yeah. This is how you take care of a family that's hurting. Yeah. And, and it took me back to the farm. About a month after the accident, I remember getting off the school bus. Yeah. And now my three brothers and I, we were there to stay to finish the school year out. The accident happened in March. My little sisters who were three and five years old, they moved in with my aunt and uncle in Milwaukee right away. Us three boys, we stayed in the farm. My dad had a brother, Uncle Clifford. He lived with us. You know, he was farming, but he was 63 years old at the yeah. time in 1969. You didn't farm 400 acres by yourself. You oh, know? wow, you, yeah. And my dad had a sister who was a widow. She moved in with us. So, you know, they were kind of took care of us. So about a month after the accident, I remember getting off the school bus. It was a beautiful April day. Our bus stops about a half mile from the house. It's on a hill. You can see a lot of the farm. I got off the bus and there were in our fields were all our neighbors with their tractors and their plows and their, their, their planters. And they were planting our crops. I mean, it was Leland Meyer, Bob Grana, Everett Ellison, Bert Juvik, Ed Cooper, Doc Weimiller, Jack Melcher. And when you're 12 years old, you know whose tractor's who. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And, and those are all my dad's buddies coming to make sure their buddies' kids were taken care of. Wow. I mean, I know it's like to get your feet washed, you know, and uh, standing on that roof and seeing what we did for Miss Diane, fixing her roof, it just made me think, this is living. And that night, my wife and I went out to eat. And that's when I told her, I think I'm supposed to do this full time. <laughs> and I was a recruiter. That was the business I was in. But I, and she was a stay-at-home homeschooling mom with five kids. Oh, my. She, yeah. had, she had questions. <laughs> if you're just joining us now, we're talking with J.T. Olson, the founder of Both Hands Foundation. And you just told your wife at dinner, you think you need to do this full time. And questions like. Like I said, have you thought about health insurance? We've got five <laughs> kids, you know. Have you thought about school? Have you thought about this? And I said, yeah, what would you think about going to work outside the home? And so a month later, she was working at Belmont. She took an entry-level position at Belmont in admissions. And within seven years, she'd worked her way up to a uh, position in development there. I mean, wow. so she's she's pretty sharp woman. And, and so she did real well there. And then we started both hands in 2008 of August. Now, if you remember 2008, September, that's when the crash happened. And and uh, so it was a great time to start a oh nonprofit. My. Oh, uh, my. But honestly... The, the way we were provided for, it was just amazing to me. People loved it. We started doing some projects, and that was 15 years ago. Now we've done, 15 years later, this is, this is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> we've done 1,260 projects in 45 states. Oh, my gosh. Meaning One, 1,250 houses that you've helped 12, 1260 houses yeah widows, widows. 1260 products yeah and at least one widow was helped but 12 actually more widows than that 1390 no 1495 kids are no longer orphans oh right and and 1455 widows have been served That's because amazing. sometimes more than one widow is served on a project yeah and we've raised 17.5 million dollars for families and organizations to use. And here's the, here's the best part of that 17.5 million. 
Both hands has taken nothing out for our operations. When a family or a group does a project, 100% goes to their cause. I just decided when we started this, we're going to make this the most irresistible nonprofit in America. Mm-hmm. It's widows and orphans, and 100% goes to the cause. We just It does put the onus on us because every year we do our own project to raise funds for operations, and um, over the years we've developed a pretty strong army of followers. Who yeah. Monthly donations and, and great generous friends at the end of the year that help us keep operations going so we can serve more families and organizations, any organization that serves um, orphans or foster care or anything that helps kids from hard places. That's where my heart is. Yeah. Because the fact is I was saved from the foster care system because my aunt and uncle took us in. Yeah. And, and I know how fortunate I am and uh, it's just a joy to give it back. So that's the story of both hands. Okay, thank you for coming. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! What about your friend who told you years and years ago, uh, you're going to play golf and you want me to give you money for playing golf? Mm, I'll pass. What does he say about Both Hands Foundation now? Well, I sent him a letter for that first project, and mm-hmm. I said, Bill, you know that idea you suggested? Here it is. And he has contributed every year since. Oh, my so God. He's a, he's a, he's a, He's a good man. He's actually, I think, and goes back and forth to India where he has schools and he, uh, like a missionary, he teaches and stuff like that. So he's good Bill, to his work. Yeah, Bill's a good man. How do you find out who needs the help through Both Hands Foundation? Well, we, we, uh, most, most, uh, folks who are adopting, and we're a faith based nonprofit. You know, in the state of Tennessee, you can be a faith based. So we work with Christian families. You know, there's some organizations like, well, Show Hope here in Nashville, Stephen Curtis Chapman's deal. You know, they give grants to people. They're well aware of us. Oh, okay. You know, they're they're actually they're great partners, I guess you might say. You know, uh, when they have a family that needs to raise money, they may give them a grant, but they'll also say you should check out both hands. Oh. Um, there's other organizations, Life Song for Orphans. There's just a bunch of them. And you, when you're adopting, you begin to realize, okay, we've got to raise some money. So you do a lot of internet searches, funding, and people do all kinds of great funding things. To my knowledge... I don't think there's a fundraising idea that raises as much as we raise. Our average family now raises a little over 20000 What does it cost to adopt a kid now? Well, now you're getting into another thing. <laughs> it depends on where you're at, where you're adopting from. But what we're seeing now is it's anywhere from thirty five to 55000 It's just ridiculous, but that's the way it is. One of my former coworkers had, uh, was adopting uh, a daughter, and he said, they got kind of hung up for a bit on the amount of money it took to get yeah. her. And I remember asking him, well, what do you do when you've got that money? He says, you just make, you get it. Yeah. He said, that's my daughter. We know already that's our daughter. Yep. We just got to go get her. And he spoke highly of you guys because uh-huh. you helped and yeah. he wanted to help you. He wanted to give back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a fun project. Well, (laughs) so what can we do to help Both Hands Foundation? Well, I guess I always think, you know, spread the word when people are, are, I mean, the the number one reason why people, more people don't adopt, and these are studies and surveys that we've discovered this, the number one reason is the finances. Yeah. You know, if it was, and we just, our goal, our mission statement is we just don't want finances to be a reason someone doesn't adopt. Mm -hmm. So... Um, as far as spreading the word, you know, um, we, we try to speak, I try to speak to groups, to churches, to 
uh, foster care orphan organizations. I mean, I speak in sometimes in person, um, a lot of times on zoom meetings, you know, we do the best we can to, to, we talk to a lot of adoption agencies, you know, all over the country Mm -hmm. because we work with people from all over the country. You know, if you're talking with an adoption agency and they have people who want to adopt a kid and they know those people would go forward with that, but for the finances, then they try and put them in touch with you. Yeah, we try to make sure as many adoption agencies know about both hands as possible. And we've done a pretty good job. And like I said, we've done 1,260 projects now. So we've, we've and our average is 20,000. So we got a pretty good reputation. I mean, you know, if, yeah. if someone does what, we, what I tell them to do, and I coach all the families, all the 1,260 projects, that's the one thing I do um, is I personally coach all of them. In what way? What do you coach them uh, about? I have a phone call with them that when they're first uh, accepted in the program, I work with them. I say, here's how you're going to recruit a team of your friends because you and your friends got to send out letters. Here's how you should find a widow in your community. And so I just guide them through the whole thing. Oh. We've got a, we've got a project manual that's second to none. I mean, it's awesome. Our team put together, they've just done a great job. Step-by-step, step, here's how you do this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I coach them on, here's how you get your friends fired up about this. And here's some tips on the kind of project you should do. I mean, we don't suggest people put a new roof on someone's house. You know, we suggest you keep it simple. Mm-hmm. If you keep it simple, it'll be simple, you know. And uh, you can you can accomplish it. Yeah. I mean, and no matter what, if you just do things like painting, cleaning, decluttering, landscaping for a widow, you're going to bless her. Yeah. I mean, she's going to just be on cloud nine when the day's over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can raise a lot of money doing it, too. Does it cost the same to adopt here in the United States as it does to go somewhere? And do you help people adopt here in the United States? Oh, yeah. We do domestic. Those are domestic, domestic adoptions. And most of the time, those are infants, you know. And so we and we work with a lot of organizations that minister to birth moms, you know, because a birth mom, that's that's a challenging situation. And I just think the ones the birth moms who carry through with their pregnancy, I think they have a lot of courage and we know a lot of organizations that minister to them. You don't hear about those organizations in the news much, but there's a lot of them out there. Wow. And, and um, so we work with them. Uh, they know about us. Well, How do you uh, work with birth moms? What do you do well, with Well, the organizations that they work with are also most likely do adoptions too. Oh, I see. So, you know, they know about both hands. You know, so I mean, it. The, and sometimes organizations will do a fundraiser to raise funds for their operations. Okay. You know, as long as they're working with, with birth moms or, or or kids or adoptions in any way, we're going to work with them. So the bottom line goal is to help more kids get into yeah, that's ad- the bottom line. homes that's the bottom and help line more goal. widows be loved yeah. on and yeah. have safe yeah. houses, yeah, safe homes, basically. Yeah. I mean, if you put it that way, so no wonder for 15 years, I'm still excited about this. I mean, it feels like every fiber of my being is alive when I'm doing this because it's such a blessing to see the look on the widow's faces and to, to see the joy the parents have when they get their children and you're building a family. And it's just, it's just amazing, amazing work. And I feel very, very fortunate to be able to do this. Um, and to answer your other question, yeah, we do international adoptions too. Different countries have different rules. Um, I'm finding that the cost is going to be high no matter what, you know, some places it's hard to get to. So there's three or four flights you got to take oh, right, to right. get to them. But, um, uh, so there's more cost involved. There's, yeah. With you saying you're so excited, and in case you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking with J.T. Olson, the founder of Both Hands Foundation. Uh, and they raise money by working on widows' houses and have people pledge, basically, yeah. 
as you work on a widow's house, and you take that money and you help someone get a child adopted, yeah. adopt a child. Yeah. Um, We're not an adoption agency. Yes. We just help them raise money. That's help all raise we do. Money. That's what we do. You reminded me because you said you're, you've just never felt so alive. And 15 years in, yeah. you still know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Years ago, I got to talk to Jack Canfield, chicken soup for the soul yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. And I said, he one of his big things is to find your purpose. Uh-huh. And I said, well, how do you know what your purpose is? And he said, you will that thing that you do, that you feel the most you. And you feel the most alive. Yeah. And that sounds like, how long did it take you, though, to find that? Because you were working well, at other jobs. Yeah, doo-dee, 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 great. Here's the part that I think is important to understand, especially with people who are in their, in, in working a job and maybe they're not real happy. Because, you know, I was 12 years old when the accident happened. I was 52 when I started both hands. Oh. It's a 40-year difference. I mean, and there's some significance to 40 years, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in that time, I, I, for me personally, it felt like God was saying, you know, when I was 52, he said, JT, everything you've done up to this point has been prep. Yes. This is what I prepped you for. The jobs you've had, the contacts you've made, the skills you've developed, it's all preparation for this. Now, this is what it was meant for. Just tee it up and swing because this is going to be fun. <laughs> and, you know, I'm 67 now, and it's just still so much fun because – it's just joyful. Mark Twain said that the two most important days in a person's life are the day they were born and the day they figure out why. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, so basically, you're also reminding people not to just assume because they're in a job at 52 years old that this is what I'm supposed to do since this is what I'm doing and it might not be fulfilled and happy doing it. Yeah. Look around. Yeah, what I'm saying is hang in there because and look around, but be open to it. I mean, the fact of the matter is we had five kids, and to take a risk and say, yeah, we're going to start a nonprofit, uh, it's not like I had uh, sold a business, and I, I was not in that situation. Right. I was in a situation where, you know, we had five kids still school age, and there was a lot of risk involved. But I, I, I have to tell you, I, I feel like I'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of real wise men and women who encouraged me, who said, JT, you start this, we'll support you. I mean, this is awesome. Yeah. You just go for it. But there were some lean, lean moments in there. <laughs> and a, a wonderful wife who yeah. clearly shares your vision Yeah, to, to go, you're, how did you say, uh, what would you think about getting a job outside the home <laughs> as well as these five kids we have? Yeah. Yeah. She was, uh, the way she tells it, she says, okay, fall in line with your husband's plans. She got, I put on my big girl panties and I went to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's a great team. But do you she's have, remarkable. do you have plans to just keep going or you, you have plans to hand it over to someone else? Well, or? a couple of years ago, we, uh, brought on a very, very competent young man, Jared DeLong. He's our executive director and, uh, he worked with us right out of college. Actually, my wife worked with him while she was at Belmont. Ah. That's how we knew him. And and she he came on initially as my assistant, and then he moved into marketing and other stuff. He left for about three or four years, worked with a software company. Then we brought him back a couple of years ago as our executive director. So he's taken over all the stuff, all the stuff I don't like to do. Like when, we, <laughs> like when we get a message from the state, like, oh, you got to file this paper, I just email him and say, Jared, I think this is your department. Uh, so I just get to do what I like to do and really what I'm good at, where I think my gifting is, and that's coaching families and telling the story. If people want to get more information about Both Hands Foundation 
You have Facebook. Yeah, you just Google yeah. it. How do they get? Yeah, Google info? bothhands.org. Bothhands.org. Yeah, two H's, both hands. Okay, good. One for the widow, one for the orphan. Oh, nice. And so that's what the the whole thing is. Yeah, both hands. You're both giving hands. with both hands. Yep. One for the widow, one for the orphan. One is you work. The other is you send letters and raise funds. That's how you raise. The letters are important. If you do a project and you don't send letters out, you're going to serve a widow, but you're not going to raise any money. Oh. So the letters are the important part. You've got to send the letters out before the project. That's how the money's raised. So what do the letters say? Oh, it's just a great letter. It's it's like, hi, I'm, as, as you know, I'm, work, I'm with a friend of mine. They're adopting a child from um, India, and we're helping them raise funds to bring this child home. And let me tell you what I'm doing. Then I'll have a picture of the widow, you know, if that's appropriate. And tell, let me tell you about this widow, Miss Lucille. And then say, let me tell you about this family, what they're doing. And say, would you spot, Would you consider sponsoring me? So people can send a check in or people can obviously go online. Mm-hmm. We have all the um, modern day things yeah. to do. But believe it or not, you know, about half our donations come in from checks. People still write checks. Do you feel like that might be uh, partly because your people who donate might be uh, older? It might be, yeah. Because they have maybe sure. they're, um, uh, the, a little more income and maybe more compassion. They've lived a little more life and they're ready to, to give back. Yes, yes, that's a, that's definitely a factor. You know, that's definitely a factor. And it's just what, what I see is, I, I look, I just, it's just amazing how sometimes a gift comes in and it's from someone who doesn't even know the adoptive family, but they were sent a letter by somebody who was on the team. And I talked to the family that we just got a $1,000 check from somebody. I have no idea who it is. I said, well, that's the magic of both hands. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts? Any final thing you'd like to say that I've neglected to ask? Oh, no. It's just that, I, you know, once you start doing this, you, you'll want to do it again and again because it's so much fun to give your life away. And maybe you don't do a both hands thing, but I would just encourage people to, to, to give their life away when they have a chance because nothing's better. Nothing feels better than knowing that you've served somebody get nothing in return. Well, you get joy. Yes. But, but to do it with no expectations, but, um, it's a beautiful life and I feel very blessed to be able to do this. Well, we're very honored to have you in here. Thank you for coming to talk to us. Oh, my pleasure. J.T. Olson, the founder of Both Hands Foundation. We'll put some links on our Focus Facebook page, and you got photos that we can share? Yeah. Okay, we'll put those up, too. I got a guy you can call, okay? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> email oh, thank you for joining us. Make sure you listen again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. Focus.